Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a Saturday morning, and you've turned your alarm off because you don't need to get up by any particular time. As you slowly wake up beneath your comfy covers, but before you open your eyes, you can already tell that something is a little bit different. There's a smell of coffee in your bedroom and something else that you just can't quite place. There's the sound of hushed voices and silverware clinking on plates. And wondering what it could be, you finally open your eyes. And what do you see? Breakfast being brought to you in bed. Is that your idea of a dream breakfast, of breakfast in bed being brought to you the second that you are awake? Maybe you have something else in mind, but going to your favorite restaurant, or what we had to go breakfast, and all that part of our Easter celebration. No matter how it is that you think of your dream breakfast, does it have any of these elements in it? You've just gotten done working all through the night and hadn't had a chance to sleep at all? Of having fish and bread cooked over a charcoal fire? Or sitting on the ground next to the shore of a large freshwater lake? I'm guessing that's not what you would think in your dream breakfast. But could I change your mind if Jesus was the host of that breakfast? Now I'm guessing your answer would be a little bit different because it would be wonderful to have breakfast with Jesus no matter what is on the menu or where it takes place or even the timing of it. It is this breakfast with Jesus that we're looking at this morning from John chapter 21. As we see with the disciples who the host is, that it is Jesus clearly seeing him as the Lord and nothing less. And as we see what our host gives to us in this breakfast, we'll learn how we can joyfully come to him each and every time because of the blessings that he gives to us, blessings that make us eager to come to him whenever we have the opportunity. And because this morning we have the privilege of confirming two of our young members as well, I'll be making some special call-outs to you guys of how this can be a particular interest and edification for you too as well. When the disciples first saw Jesus that early morning, they didn't recognize that it was him. There's a couple reasons for that. One, their mind likely wasn't thinking, where's Jesus going to show up next? I mean, they just got done working all night, fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and they had nothing to show for it. A little frustrated and probably a little cranky. But the biggest reason they couldn't, or they didn't recognize it was Jesus, was because he was at a decent distance away, about one football field away on shore. As the disciples were coming back to shore, this unrecognized man on the, on the land asked them a question that you ask anybody returning from fishing. Did he catch anything? And the disciples responded with the sad truth of, no, nothing. But then this unrecognized man gave some very strange fishing advice. Or he said this, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. 
How could he know that there was a school of fish just sitting right there by the boat from that distance? How could he be so certain as to say to the disciples that you will find some? The disciples didn't stop to ask that question. Instead, they got out their net one more time. They cast it on the right side of the boat, and they caught a large amount of fish, a miraculous amount, 153 large fish, so many that they couldn't pull it back up into their boat. And it was then that one of those disciples by the name of John on that boat, when he realized who it was that was standing on that shore of the Sea of Galilee, It was Jesus. It was the Lord. And they clearly saw him for the first time on that early morning. It's not just the disciples, though, who can have some struggles clearly seeing who Jesus is. In fact, they can also be ourselves. Granted, our reasons are a little bit different than what the disciples had on that early morning. For us, the reason is spiritual blindness that is always there threatening to darken the eyes of our faith is that we see Jesus as something less than the Lord himself. The threat that's against us at all the time. I remember in elementary school of how I would regularly need to go to the eye doctor to update my prescription because my eyes just kept getting worse and worse. And I could tell when it was time to mention it to my parents to go see the doctor again when I would become effectively blind in class. I could see that the teacher was writing something on the board, and I knew that I was supposed to copy it down into my notebook. But when you can't make out what the letters are or the shapes or the colors clearly enough, you might have some trouble. And you can only get excused from doing homework so many times because you can't see what's on the board. I was effectively blind even though I knew what the basic idea was that she was trying to teach. In many ways, our sight of Jesus can be that same thing. That we may know about Jesus, but we don't clearly see him as the Lord himself. After all, if we only look to Jesus, if we only see him as a friend in need, aren't we effectively blind to him when our life is going good and well? If we only see Jesus as somebody to help us to become better, aren't we effectively blind to Jesus as being nothing more than just something in the toolbox? If we only see Jesus as someone as the one that we see as a role model for a Christian life, aren't we effectively blind to the one who makes such a life possible in the first place? Yes, by far. And this is a spiritual blindness that threatens each and every person, whether we were confirmed long, long ago or have yet to be confirmed. Because Jesus is the Lord. Yes, he is a friend in need. Yes, he is a helpful resource. Yes, he is the role model for the Christian life, but he's much more than that. He is the Lord Almighty. And we see that from these verses here. Listen to disciples and how they describe Jesus as the Lord and only the Lord in these verses. Behold him standing by the Sea of Galilee, proving for this third time since Easter morning that he has truly risen from the dead. 
see the miraculous catch of fish that he provided that makes no logical sense. Only the Lord could be or do this. And that's who Jesus is. And as we clearly see Jesus as the Lord first and foremost, we also see how he blesses us because he is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord spelled with all capital letters, that he is the God of free and faithful grace who loves us continually and in spite of who we are and what we do not do to deserve it. The Lord himself is our Savior who has taken our sins away completely so that they are never on the mind anymore, so that God does not remember them or count them against us anymore, as sure as he is standing and alive once again that Jesus is. It is the Lord who is with you and me wherever we go. Whether we have a whole lot of life ahead of us that we expect, or we have been his for a long time already. This is who we look at. This is who we see. It is the Lord himself, the one who also provides the breakfast to those disciples. To see why we joyfully come to the Lord because of what he gives to us whenever we come to him. Those disciples, when they realized that it was Jesus, the Lord, standing by the Sea of Galilee, they, they made it right back as soon as they could. Peter was not going to waste any time. He knew he could swim faster than a fish-laden boat, and so he jumped in that water, and he swam the whole way to get to Jesus as fast as he could. The six other disciples, they stayed in the boat, and they brought with them that catch of fish. But when all the disciples came and stepped foot on shore, they found before them that breakfast that Jesus had prepared, a fish and bread prepared over a charcoal fire, and with 153 fish at their disposal, they could eat as much as they want as they joyfully spent time together with their Lord this third time seeing him since Easter morning. Would you have this much joy to see Jesus for yet a third time? Would you eagerly drop everything and come to him just so that you could be with him? Did you have the disciples' joy when you came to church this morning to hear God's word and to be in his house? Sometimes the joy that we have in coming to Jesus is not as strong as it used to be or as strong as what it should be. Perhaps it's because we've just gotten used to it, like the novelty. When something wears off, you just don't appreciate it as much as you did beforehand. Or maybe there's a deeper reason behind that because we've begun to take his blessings for granted. The sense of all that the Lord himself is our Savior can be replaced with that shrug of appreciation. The gift of forgiveness and peace that the Lord graciously gives to us can become an entitled expectation. Our constant walk with the Lord can also become something that we really wish we could turn off from time to time to not be under his sight or without him around. While we may struggle to have the same joy in coming to our Lord as we once did, it doesn't mean there's any less reason to be joyful now as there was that first time. Because of those blessings that the host of breakfast gives to us, that Jesus gives to us, his Christians, 
his children. Just as Jesus provided the disciples with bread and fish to provide for their bodily needs, so we know that the Lord will take care of our every physical need. We will receive our daily bread and everything else we need in life through the God-given work that we have to work and to provide for ourselves or through the generosity of others. As Jesus comforted his disciples by being personally and close to them, so the Lord comforts us. We're never alone or forgotten or simply one of many Christians in just a number. The Lord had you in mind when he died on the cross for your sins and rose victorious from the grave. Just as Jesus assured the disciples that he truly has risen from the dead by literally being there, so he assures us that he has the power of the Lord himself, that everything he has promised, everything he has said is going to be the case because for God, nothing is impossible. These are the blessings we receive whenever we come to our Lord, blessings that never get old because we are always in need of them, blessings that encourage us to come to our Lord with joy and with frequency so we may receive what he so desires and wants to give to us. Because when we come to have breakfast with Jesus, that's what we do. We clearly see who the host is. It is Jesus, the Lord himself, first and foremost above everything else, who gives to us his blessings of all different kinds. And when I mention about having breakfast with Jesus, I'm probably, I'm pretty sure you're thinking about something like this. That it's somebody who gets up in the quiet of the morning and who has their Bible open next to their coffee and their favorite breakfast pastry. And if that's your custom to begin the day, that's wonderful. And you know from experience how great it is to begin your day in God's Word. But that's not the only way to have breakfast with Jesus. Rather, it's whenever we come to Him to see our Lord and to receive his blessings. Maybe it's a midweek Bible study with your friends or family or here at church. Perhaps it's a quiet moment that's not so early in the morning with your daily devotional or your current Bible reading plan. We always have Sunday morning in God's house, with God's people, around God's word. But no matter how it is that you have breakfast with Jesus. I know that this will happen. You'll keep your prescription strong to clearly see who your Savior is. Is Jesus the Lord? Yes, he is so many things and so many wonderful stuff, but it's first and foremost the Lord himself who is your Savior and is the Lord who will give you his blessings whenever you come to him in his word. Blessings that never get old, or that we don't need anymore, blessings that fill us with joy so that we are eager to take every opportunity to come to him and to receive these blessings once again. And it's especially true for our confirmants this morning too. Not to sound old, but you guys have a lot of life ahead of you still. If you think of what's ahead of you, don't waver from the confession of faith that you'll be making in your essay and in the vows that you're going to be making. Don't, don't give up the truth that we have learned together in our class for these past three years of who your Savior is and all that he has done for you. But also find time to have breakfast with Jesus as you mature into teenagers and young adults and everything else that the Lord has in mind for you afterwards. 
But also keep this in mind of the disciples. To clearly see who Jesus is as your Lord. Yes, his almighty power had him rise from the dead, but more importantly, to secure your salvation, give you the promise of life in heaven. And then also come to receive his blessings with joy in your heart so you may live in thanks to him each and every day, long after you make your confirmation vows today and all the days that are come forward. So that you, along with all of us, may come and have breakfast with Jesus each and every day. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.